Start in T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. Ahoy there, mateys! It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. So, this evening, we've got a very special guest coming to join us. He's a paranormal investigator, as well as a psychonaut and traveler. The fellow is known as Chaz of the Dead. Um, he's also an author, and he's, you know, he's always found research and investigation and, you know, to a bunch of the paranormal normal different things and like he's he's been kind of on the cutting edge of research with site with controversial psychedelic experiments and you know he, he he really knows what it means to investigate the paranormal and i figured this would be a fantabulous way to close out spooky month because you know we've been having a lot of fun around here as you guys can see Clearly by tonight's costume, which is, if you didn't know, Mr. Freeze from Batman the Animated Series. You know, I've had a lot of fun showing off my costumes to you guys, and I appreciate all the love that I've been getting for them and such. And, you know, I appreciate all of you out there listening and watching and, you know, interacting with us and stuff throughout social media and even our website and stuff like that. You know, you guys, you guys are really awesome, and I appreciate each and every one of you out there, and I know the rest of the team does as well. You know, and, and as as well as with that, you know, you guys, <clears throat> as usual, I've always got to make sure that we, we get this stuff out of the way. But, uh, you know, you guys want to, <clears throat> you know, if, if you guys don't mind, you guys can always hop back to unconstitutionalawakening.com where you can find everything we got going on over there. You know, we've got the podcast and more section, which has stuff coming from all of your favorite hosts and co-hosts of the show, as well as finding us in other places and keeping up with me over there on the Red Pill Project. There's stuff coming out from Louise, from Kelkel, Neptune, Bandit, and even Caitlin. They've all got things going on. You know, we're trying to trying to wake the world up. We've all got different plans with this stuff, of course. And there's even host sections you guys can get back to everyone's social media. Make sure you give that some love. And, you know, go, go give everybody a follow and stuff like that. And of course, on the main page over here, you guys, you guys can find everywhere where you can watch us. 
You can find links to how to listen to us. You can even listen to us right there on the page, as well as finding links to our fantastic merch store and all of our great sponsors, man, these friends in Liberty that we have, like Kirk Elliott, Pichy Key Creations, Ammo Can Survival, and my buddy over there, Brett Pike, at Classical Learner and Homeschool Stepping. Man, all these guys are trying to make a difference and change the world for a better place, just like we're out here trying to do. You know, remember, you know, ladies and gentlemen, remember, this isn't something that's uh, that's scripted and stuff. This is a bunch of friends inviting on some really cool people to talk about really cool, interesting things. And this month has just been really extra because we're, like I said, in the spooky month. So I hope you guys have been enjoying this. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to keep trucking on forward. Before you know it, you know, we'll have, we'll be up there in the even higher hundreds. So we appreciate it again, all the love and support we get from you guys. And uh, I, I thank everyone for tuning in out there, man. So let's, let's just get into it, though. So how is everyone doing this evening? Bandit, I see that you've joined me for this episode tonight. How are you, buddy? Absolutely. Good, 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 man. Good. Fantastic, fantastic. Kel Kel, I'm glad to see you up here with us tonight, man. You excited to be with us this evening? I am excited, and uh, greetings to everybody. Awesome, awesome. Luis, good to see you, buddy. Hi. Fantastic. How are you doing tonight, bud? I don't want to produce violence to the world yet. <laughs> good. No, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good day. That's a good day. <laughs> And of course, you guys, you know, as I said tonight, we're, we're having my friend here, Chaz. He's from Chaz of the Dead Man. He's dudes into all kinds of awesome stuff. How are you doing this evening, sir? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. Just chugging along. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, so, I, you know, I want to I want to let the folks out there at home listening, watching, checking everything out, you know, know a little bit about yourself. So would you, would you mind giving us a little bit of a rundown about, you know, what got you <clears throat> into this whole wild world of things that you're into, man? Um, yeah, well, I guess, um, so for, for the listeners, I'm a paranormal investigator slash writer slash, I don't know, journalist. Kind of gets murky there with the, the labels. Well, uh, I, I actually see one person call, uh, say that you were, I think this was even on your website, you're a little controversial. You consider yourself a, like a psychedelic paranormal investigator. Oh, yeah, I definitely like to uh, to get into some of the, the more fringe elements of of the research and that tends to lead you to the consciousness, uh, let's call it conundrum. Um, but, uh, my, my initial experience, I had a, I think like a lot of people in the paranormal subgenre, um, I had a childhood experience and that kind of sparked me off on, um, you know, this strange journey as it were. Um, you know, one night I was, you know, maybe nine, 10 years old, um, just moved into this bunk bed. Um, my older brother, they built this bunk bed. My older brother moved to the top. I moved in on the bottom. And one night I fell out of bed and saw this pair of red eyes staring back at me. And it was kind of like a, like almost like a Halloween graphic, like burning at the edges, like yeah. the classic pair of red eyes. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, being a kid, I hopped back in bed, put the blanket over my head and I was safe, you know, I, I, so I waited till the morning and in the morning I got up and I'm young, but I'm rational. So I'm like, okay, there must be some kind of electric toy, like a power button or like a, a plug giving off a light. Um, 
And so I start digging from stuff underneath my bed. And my older brother is coming down the ladder and he sees what I'm doing without me prompting or saying anything. He's got this stunned look on his face and he asks, did you see the eyes too? Um, because he had had that, that same exact experience a few weeks prior when he was sleeping on that bed. Uh, and for me, that was like a, a whoa, you know, aha moment. Like, oh shit, some stuff does go bump in the night. There's something, something going on here. Um, you know, even now it's not like I, I grew up in a haunted house. I wouldn't call like, that was really just a one-off and I tend to lean towards the idea. It was some kind of shared dream, um, you know, collective unconscious phenomenon going on. But even that, that's, you know, beyond our scope, beyond our understanding. And so that was enough to be, well, something's going on, whether it is, ghosts or entities or whatever or it is some kind of collective you know conscious experience reality is is not all that it seems to be and so that was you know the initial spark um and then from going in and researching these things for for since that moment really um it's been a a pretty bizarre journey and it, it certainly uh uh has led me you know, as you were saying, towards that that consciousness kind of idea. Well, no, you know, and that's uh, that that has always been a a common ground, I guess, in this uh, the world of waking up is people kind of come around to the the idea of consciousness and that <clears throat> not only just consciousness, but like par- you know, parallel universes and stuff like that that you our human eye can't see. You know, and this is this is even in like you know big scientific studies and stuff that there's different spectrums of light that we can't physically see ourselves. And, and, you know, I think the psychedelics come into effect, into effect in a lot of that area too, getting into that because you really can see into that other world. You know, we, we, we openly discuss things on here in the past before, you know, you know, mushrooms and DMT and LSD and stuff like that. You know, I believe they are all our tickets to, and to an unknown, but if you're using something, I guess, and you're not prepared for it, you know, it can, it can, it can go awry, yeah. of course. Prepare, prepare meaning that you're not pure in heart and, right. um, and that you're not in good health too, because if you're not eating right, if you don't, if you have malice in your heart and then you're using these things for a spiritual awakening, um, you could get, you could harm yourself. And I, 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 I like guys, everybody on the panel, I'm, I'll be done in a minute, Jay. I just wanted to touch this topic. How everybody make it seem like the conscious community or us claiming to be conscious is something that you um, just put on like a shirt. When no, consciousness is something that you realize you have and you cultivate it. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Us uh, free thinkers, we just ahead of the curve when we already cultivating when they still don't know that they are conscious, uh, even though they're sheeple, they're not aware of what's going on in this world, you know, but they are conscious. Thanks, Jay. Of course, of course. No, that's it. Always looking forward to what you got to say, Kel. So, so, you know, you, you said you've been investigating different, you know, paranormal things. I mean, is this, is this in the realm of just ghosts or do you, you know, you like, I guess a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I guess I do. Um, I always forget that I, I have to make that preference because it's still um, in the paranormal community sure. at large. There's still the the old school guys who paranormal means like ghost hunters, you know, ghost adventures, that kind of stuff. 
but the the kind of new age, the Keelian, Fortean um, variety of investments, you say paranormal, we definitely, you know, Loch Ness Monster, cryptids, the the whole swath, time slips, the the variety of, of strange phenomenon um, that people report all over the globe. You know, yeah, it's, it's part of this, um, you know, human experience. People experience these strange things. There, there is uh, uh, reality and time is a lot more fickle than we, we assume. And for, for centuries, it's been like, oh, well, you know, something weird happened. It must be a ghost from the 1800s. It's a dead Civil War soldier. That's, that's why that glass is moving on its own. Or it's, you know, oh, it must be aliens. You saw a light in the sky. It's got to be aliens from a different planet. There's this, always been this massive leap to some kind of really bizarre explanation. And it makes great stories. And the story is kind of a crucial part of the experience. But on the whole, there's something happening beyond that. Something physical is occurring. And, you know, we've had these frameworks for centuries. Um, the alien one's a little newer, but the, the other ones have been there for centuries. You know, Bigfoot's an ape, um, ghosts are dead people, and people have been investigating from these angles, and it hasn't produced anything really notable. Um, there's some odd things here and there, but uh, when you come to investigators like John Keel, like Jacques Vallée, who start investigating this consciousness angle, that's when you start seeing the high strangeness. You start seeing these connections between the, the phenomenon. Uh, and that was, for me, a, a hands-on, uh, real-world experience. And so for me to break out of the, you know, kind of Oh, aliens are aliens, ghosts are ghosts, yada, yada. I was doing Ouija board mushroom experiments. I was doing these mushroom oh. teas, um, various blends. I was mixing in some red poppy and, and doing kinds of different uh, uppers and sedatives and things like that, trying to hit a, a specific level. <clears throat> Did you ever get a to do the mosquito, the mosquito uh, what's the name of the mosquito? Mescaline? Yeah, what's the name of that mushroom with the white specks on it? Red, masculine. Oh, oh Amita muscaria. Amita yeah. muscaria. Thank you so much, Lou. Not an easy name. It took me a Did while you? to memorize it. <laughs> Did uh, you no, get for, 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 I'm sorry. These ones I was using um, Golden Teachers, um, more of your, your cow poo variety. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, notably strong. And so I was kind of tweaking it with, with the, the, you know, strength with the T's. Um, but I was doing Ouija board seances. I was trying to reach out, contact some entities. And so I would take these substances, get really, really up there, you know. I'm seeing the fabric of reality, as it were, and do these seances, and nothing would happen. I mean, absolutely nothing. I was waiting for the planchette to move. I was waiting to get messages, see visions. Nothing would happen. But in the times outside of the seances, when I wasn't tripping, I started to see UFOs. And it started to be like little lights and things like that. And I wasn't quite sure what they were. But the moment I realized, no, something's going on here, I was hanging out 
with a buddy. We were hanging out in the same area. I had did these seances. We were smoking a, a joint. And I was telling him about this. Ouija board, seances, mushrooms, UFOs. And he was like, okay, yeah, sure, dude. You clearly lost the plot. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're too far gone, man. And when he said that, I was like, you know what? When I say it out loud, you're right. That does sound a little crazy. And almost ironically, we start to hear this metallic hum. And right above the tree line, this triangle-shaped craft just flies right above us. And it was low. I could have hit it with a rock. It was right above the tree line. <clears throat> Light in each corner. Um, it's this classic shape that oftentimes is actually attributed to human uh, U.S. tech. There's mm -hmm. this, um, it's... A T3B or something. I, the, triangular, I the, the, tri the triangular ones? Yeah, the triangle okay. one. Light in each corner. It was that exact archetype. I always right. mix it up with the Star Wars one, but <laughs> it's got some kind of name. There's a B in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not as so, as the, uh, uh, um, the um, other beings, uh, aircrafts, you can tell it's got to be human because it moves. That's it. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot of videos of those. Um, it, Arizona seems to be a hotbed of yeah. uh, lights. I don't want to say, you know, uh, space, they could be spacecraft, they could be beings, they could be any number of things, but. Arizona is a hotbed of the triangular lights. There are so many oh, yeah. videos from Arizona. You, you think it's possible, though, that particular craft is experimental tech? That oh, I would, I would highly suggest that there could be. But, of course, this is a, this is a U.S. Navy patent. Yes, yeah, where, where, I mean, yes, but... At the same time, you know, it could be our tech, but at the same time, it could be otherworldly or other dimensional tech. Because sure. where do we get our experimental? Where do we get the experimental technology? Ideas Scientists just with a lot of drugs. Uh, that and that and like we've said before, ideas don't just come from nothing. That's right. That's right. Oh no, I mean. Oh, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Are doing drugs? Like, yes, they're, they're I told doing safely. They're doing, they're, but they yes. just uh, psychedelic drugs in order to experiment. <sighs> the, well, they're just, you ever heard of the LSD? One of the yes. first LSD experiments where a lot of scientists and engineers all were in one room, put a drop yeah. in each one of their glasses, oh, yeah. and had amazing breakthroughs that day. <laughs> had incredible breakthroughs. A bunch of scientists just all back and forth, high as a kite, just talking about it, stuff. What I, I like to see during time like that is, is there a possibility that they were visited while they were? I think it's two triangular. Uh, I think it's ours and others uh, triangular. I don't think we're just exclusive to it. I've seen some other videos that before I knew that that was human tech, right? Uh, that there was, and, and they got many different sizes, guys. Some look like pyramids, some look like just square rectangular boxes. 
make it flow. You know, uh, it just shows the um, extraordinary genius of the technology that we don't know about, JB. And it goes back to saying that we can only see so much with these, these human eyes. So just imagine what the mind has not even grasped yet about what's going on. And just like our government, uh, before when we got cell phones, fellas, they already had cell phones 40, 40 years before the public got it. Uh, yeah, they, that's how I tell you, um, the, the beings, the multidimensional beings are enslaving humanity too. But they're not as pure as we are because some of them don't have a soul. They're soulless. They're trying to figure out how they can get one. And they're enslavers by keeping the technology away from humanity. Thanks for the time, guys. Let's get to abandoned. Great point too, bro. <laughs> well... Uh, as, as much as I was going in on the, the psychedelic angle and again, by that, that experience with the Ouija boards, there does seem to be some kind of psychedelic nature to that, that craft. Um, I also have a thing I, I passionately call bee theory. Um, and it's a little bit of a pun and we'll get to that in a moment, but it's actually one of my more popular things I've, I've talked about and discussed. Um, I get a lot of, emails about this subject probably more than any other um <clears throat> so bee theory was something that i stumbled upon um it must have been shit it would have been six years ago now uh i was backpacking in morocco and wow. i at this point my investigating the paranormal was like just like a little wordpress blog it was you know nothing really notable but it was still my hobby um <clears throat> And so I was backpacking and, you know, people knew I read, wrote about UFOs and ghosts and stuff. And one dude was like, oh, I got someone you need to meet. And he set up this meeting at this roadside cafe and I met this dude named George. And he was an older dude and he was kind of, uh, he had the, uh, what do you call it, the truth twitch. He was a little, little, little round in the eyes. <laughs> but he began to tell me some of the wildest stories I had ever heard. But the, the short version was that his dad was a CIA agent and he knew people who flew UFOs. And I was like, oh, shit. What, what's up with that? And he said, oh, it's simple. They reverse engineered a anti-gravity chamber in the thorax of honeybees. And that's how UFOs work. And that was the first time I had ever heard anything like that. Bookmarked it in my mind. I didn't even write anything about it because it was so out there, so crazy. It just was burned in my memory. And years later, when I wrote my first book, um, I went down to Chile, did a bunch of these psychedelic the experiments. Oh, what's that? Congratulations on writing the first book, man. Oh, thank you. The second one's out uh, just a couple months ago. So it's, it's nice, going nice. well. <laughs> um, Hey, uh, so tell them about the information uh, at the end of the show when you, if you could come back and talk about your book so they know how to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, so the, the first book, I went down to Chile to investigate the supposed UFO group. And I did a bunch of weird experiments. And I also went to this former Nazi compound. And in the book, I write a chapter about the idea that Nazis, you know, had UFO tech, this popular theory, the Nazi bell. And I threw in there one paragraph, little diatribe, like, I bet this crazy guy, and he said it was bees, and, you know, a bell kind of looks like a bee's ass. <laughs> and so... Yeah? Uh, the tip the that you're hanging, uh, yeah? Yeah, that's a little point, right? And so okay. I said, maybe that's it. Literally four or five sentences. Um, 
and I put the book out and you were actually using Mysterious Universe there earlier. They covered the book and it kind of blew up. Um, I didn't expect anyone to read it, but people started reading it and I got invited to do a bunch of podcasts and one podcast. Right. Um, uh, yeah, there we go. You're, we're we're yeah, on to something. Get into this. <laughs> oh, I, I know we're going to get into it here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> so one of the podcasts that invited me on was this comedy podcast, um, the sensible sociopath They're great guys. Very funny. Um, and the host, he had read my book, and that paragraph jumped out to me because his close friend um, lived, grew up in a military family, and all the dad would say about his job was that he was a man in black. He knew he had something to do with UFOs, but he would say, I'm a man in black, like in the movies. And when this man was on his deathbed, they pressed him for more info, and supposedly the only thing he said was, look at the bees. And... They thought it maybe had something to do with the way bees communicated or something like that until they read my book. And so this sent me on. Now I had two totally shady, unreliable sources, but that's enough. I got two. So I started to dive into the, the research. And so first I went scientific, found a bunch of papers on weird flight mechanics of bees it actually used to be this thing for a long time that bees were too heavy to fly. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's even a bit at the start of that Jerry Seinfeld bee movie. This brings a man about this Russian guy, man, about the bar, the scarabs. Urbinikov. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> man, Kel, I love you. You know exactly Dang. where I'm going with this shit. <laughs> uh, so... On the scientific end, there is some weird shit about bees. You pulled up an article there with their quantum nature. Uh, there's a whole, their nests are built in this weird way that defy gravity. Um, and honeybees in particular have this thing called economy mode, where mm -hmm. when they're carrying pollen, they're actually using less energy, um, which is unlike like any other animal, right? If we're carrying weight, we're using more energy, we're breathing faster. It's it's difficult. Honeybees and are the opposite. And that's the only that's the only insect uh, um, being that if it stop existing, every man will too. Flowers, everything. So yeah, yeah, so that gets into this whole idea that these craft are based on bee parts. So I did the scientific research, some weird stuff there. Then I go to the weird research, right? We got to go to the fun sources. You're above top secrets. Your mysterious universes. And I actually found this two website. Called they 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 get they rally around a queen and protect the queen and the queen of England. You know what one of her symbols is? The bee. And she's the queen in the whole country rallying around her. Oh, the so Masons have a bee in their their symbology, uh, but it it gets into other insects here in a minute. So. I went to the weird research and I discovered the writings of a Victor Gerbinikov. And this is all through a dead website, KeeleyNet. Um, the guy who ran this website was obsessed with like alternative energy devices. He uh -huh. all kinds of, um, you know, like the, the dude in Brazil who made a motorcycle that ran on water and then he died. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, all of yeah, those did to mysteriously yeah. die after discovering some shit like that he was into thing, all of that and this guy yeah. just before you make your point right and you know benikoff in the in the uh playstation movie uh uh metal gear solid right i forget which one it is uh um 
you have to fly in one and one of these aircrafts or binnacles that you put to bring to the attention is in the is in the fucking PlayStation game. I didn't uh, know that. I gotta check that shit out. I think it's Songs of Anarchy or some shit. One of those that is a good game, by the way, fellas. I'm sorry. Go ahead, That's a judgment. Um, so one of the dudes he was communicating with near the end of his life before this website got shut down, he died. No word on how this dude who ran this website died, but he uh, died. Website was shut down. And this was the last dude. thing he was working on. Victor Gurbinikov's um, Hidden Technology. Yeah. So Gurbinikov was this Russian scientist, an entomologist, mm -hmm. real dude. He worked at a university. He wrote several papers that are still cited to this day by other entomologists. And, and he was all about practicality. He didn't just theorize it. He really tried to do Oh, yeah. And at the end of his life, he wrote this memoir mm -hmm. where he talks about all of his discoveries in entomology. And then in one chapter, he says, oh, yeah, and there's that time I built a UFO. And you saw the picture there. It was literally a platform with handlebars. Yes, man. Um, and wood, wood, wood. I think wood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wood. So, supposedly, he discovered that looking at the Hold wings. Up, Chance, can you pull that up, J JB? Can you pull? Because this is like, I mean. Oh yeah, I, I know the video you're talking about, and if you notice, there is no exhaust, and there right. is no tanks. There's no so I don't know from what time period this videos are. Lou, uh, no well, they're, they're 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 actually not even videos. They're they're film recordings. Uh, the 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 people that are like floating, right. okay. uh, in okay. like what looks like a little box. I don't know who's seen those old videos. <laughs> yeah, so this is him testing out the tech. So hey, Lou, he thank, you for, thank you for giving that ultra side of because uh, I, I, I like that. I need to, that's shadow side. I need to check into that too. Thanks for that information. Go ahead. What, uh, what he yeah. discovered was that yeah. wing shells, like the ones there, would float for a minute, and they had all of these weird gravitational properties. Anti gravity. Um, that they, so they, that they didn't fly. They wind. They didn't fly. He said they were hovered or some shit. Like what made them exactly. Afraid. And so he stitched a bunch of them together, literally put wings like insect parts, the physical parts together in those black boxes you saw at the start of that video, and then put a bunch of those black boxes on the bottom of that pallet. And supposedly this thing would fly. Right. Now, initially, upon, uh, the makeup of the wings of the beetles, like he got enough of them to be able to do duplicate what they did, right? Uh, right. So it would give them enough lift. And this thing would take off he said it could go infinitely high and infinitely fast he wouldn't go that fast yeah. because he was it was again you saw it, it's just a pallet with handlebars there was no seat belt or anything so he would only go a little bit you know uh, a certain speed at a time with it. um <clears throat> but the the thing that sold me on it because initially i'm like okay well this is just another weird alternate zero point weird ufo theory the thing that sold me on it was the side effects he described of operating this craft and if this was a hoax i gotta give him props because he did his research because he listed these side effects and they almost exactly correlated with the list i wrote in my first book of the correlation between psychedelic phenomenon psych the psychedelic experience and paranormal phenomenon. And he said, I'm not going to run this this up. 
would cause all kinds of weird paranormal side effects, all kinds of time alterations. For one example, he would fly this out to his research fields and collect insect larvae. He would put a larva in a vial, put it in his pocket, fly back, and that larva would be fully grown over that two-hour little flight, something that would normally take months. And if he ever dropped a, something off the side of the, the craft, it would disappear. It wouldn't hit the ground. It would vanish and then reappear or cause a bunch of strange activity in the area. He reported he dropped a vial over an apartment building and all of these perfectly round fused holes were in people's windows. And one window had literally half of a fused vial melted into it. And this is really interesting. Those little holes is something that John Keel described during the Mothman case that he investigated in Point Pleasant. It's something that pops up in a ton of UFO and high strangeness situations, these perfectly almost melted features. Um, and the list went on and on. The poltergeist activity and the landing sites. Um, he really, again, he, if he's hoaxing it, he really did his research. Hats off to him on that, because as well as being an entomologist, he uh, accomplished entomologist. He really did his paranormal research for this hoax. Um, or there might be something to it. And an important factor of his research was that it wasn't just bees. It was Ooh. all head flying insects. So like the, uh, the palmetto bugs, those cockroaches that fly at you we have here in Florida, those Same theoretically would have anti-gravity tech or the platelets. Um, it gets weird when you think about scarab beetles. Those would have the, the platelets and then think about their deification in ancient Egypt. And if the tech works like Gerbinikov describes, you could literally slide a few of these, make a, a sheet of these insect parts slide it under one of those giant bricks that make up the pyramid and the four dudes could just lift it at the corners. That's essentially the, the concept of this, this craft. <laughs> one interesting element with that is that like, um, scientists before have spoken about this, like in that in some ways, theoretical ideas, like how do we, what would we call it? And they realized it's a better term that they discovered is gravity cancellation. So it's like nullification uh, of the gravity fields uh, and like, uh, the, the, or, or lessening of the effects of gravity upon us. So gravity, which holds us down, uh, which is a force that uh, is defined by like the interpretation, like the counter force of to, towards mass and in, in how we comprehend, uh, right? Like our, our, our understanding of reality. So that type potentially of technology that that helped potentially build the pyramids and and uh coral castle coral mm -hmm. castle is an yes. amazing example right. of, i'm glad yeah. you brought that up because yeah, that's an amazing yeah. example it's like one guy built all of that crazy like like well here's mr something freeze crazy could you show us coral castle well here's something crazy i discovered in my research so the legend of coral castle is that the you know according to the kids who supposedly saw him doing it in the middle of the night he was using this cone shell shaped device to right. levitate mm -hmm. these blocks so what's weird is in aztec mythology um, there's a legend of Quetzalcoatl who goes down to the underworld to create humans, the current incarnation of humans, us now. 
And to and, do and, so, and just, yeah, a, just to bring y'all attention, the new new uh, Black Black Panther movie that's supposed to come out has a garden up called Kessel Portal. The, sur- the, the, the plum serpent, the wing serpent. So yeah, yeah. Know. So he's actually, that's one of those uh, mistranslations we get. Plum right. serpent. Um, it was actually a term for wise man. So right. in most right. depictions, he's like a dude, not a, a snake. Yeah. Um, right, right, so right. So legend at Coral Castle, yes, is they use this shell to do it. The legend I in the Aztecs. Crescent Quarter is like the uh, what Jesus Christ is. So, right, the, he's the main character. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like the dude who does all all the. He's yeah, the main figure. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, how he tricks the god of the underworld. The god of the underworld sits on this pyramid, and he gets a shell or a trumpet, depending on the translation, and he fills it with bees. And he dances oh. around the pyramid in this weird ritual, and that tricks the god of the underworld. And he's able to bring humans to the the knowledge of humans to existence afterwards, which is pretty weird. Again, is, is it weird. solid evidence? No. Is it a great story? Absolutely. It could be like something clothing something else too. Right, you know? right. And so it doesn't necessarily check out but when you think of the idea that this technology has been used to to manipulate stone that's how they initially used it before they used it to fly right it, well, well free masons right what did they do they were masons the, uh, they the, manipulated the, stone the, sh- the shell thing that you know you were mentioning that was also you know the coral castle got doing and the aztecs doing if you know if you I'm always into, and you know, Ben made mention of this earlier too about things come from somewhere. But a lot of times in different, I guess, nerd lore, um, you know, different. Well, yeah, just you know, different stories from nerd lore and stuff. The conch shell is a very important oh, yeah. part of doing things, whether it be summoning something, creating something, destroying something, and mm-hmm. and so on. And you know, this the there's interest to. There, to me, there's interest in a lot of this because a lot of your crustaceans are literally bugs of the ocean. So there's a lot of similarities, I, I, I would presume, in, so, in some things. Be you know, there you know, the, sure, the there's cock, the cockroach zippy is a perfect example. It, it's a great example. No, it really is. And, 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 it, and it's a and it, it's a hell of a motherfucking surviving insect too. Sure. But I mean, I'm, I'm getting. I'm what I'm trying to get at though is like you know these not not only the shells, but you know maybe the use of these shells and you know you made mention of the different bugs like even in like ancient egyptian you know depiction and stuff like that like these maybe there's something to the shells maybe there's a way that they that you're cre- you're controlling so the shells all the way it's around. interesting you said that so the one of the most recent things i've got sent was this paper and this actually goes back to um what lewis was saying with the gravity cancellation stuff some a German researcher is currently using Gerbinikov's research as a backbone yeah. to support. Yeah, Jeff, you can, you check your message, and I think that's what the, the one he's talking about right now. Um, just check your messenger right there. I sent you a message. All the, right, go ahead, man. The, the, the superfluid hypothesis. Um, <laughs> nope, that's just a picture of a bee. <laughs> um, I'll have to find that in a minute. But this um, researcher in Germany is using it 
the Gorbinikov researcher to suggest, which is something that a bunch of quantum physicists have been suggesting, that there is a, a uh, quantum fluid that pervades reality. That is, it's on a quantum level, so we can't observe it. We don't feel it, but it, it's there. And that's how these insects operate. And yeah, it goes you know into Gorbinikov's... Every, every form, everybody, every mass has an aura, you know, like the Rhino. Oh, yeah. Well, it totally lines up with, yeah, the, the idea of Eastern medicine, um, the even to like our basic mythology or popular culture, the force, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. that, there's literally that same concept that there is this, this super fluid. And um, CSE, this cavity structure effect, which was something Gerbinikov discovered around insect nests and again this is an accepted part of entomology that these insect yeah. nests have this special emf reading the cse effect um, it's okay. well it, it they can travel through solid objects and it can like have medical effects and it travels through tissue and so this guy's saying well that proves it, it affects a quantum superfluid it doesn't affect any other known aspect it's not electrical because electricity reacts to a, a surface it's not x-rays because even those react radiation those even have a reaction it's something else it has this direct you know weird stimulus that can travel through solid planes and so the whole superfluid thing comes from helium-3 which is there's some wild videos out there. So helium's the only um, substance, only uh, anti-gravity. Yeah, on the periodic table, right? Only, yeah. only whatever you might call it that can we can see go quantum or go superfluid. It I think it's two or three degrees above absolute zero helium, which at that point is a liquid you will watch it just fall through the bottom of the container because it's vibrating at the same, um, you know, the right. atoms are vibrating the same as the solids. So it literally climbs the walls. It does all this crazy gravitational weird stuff. And uh, it sounds like science fiction. It sounds like conspiracy, but there's been three Nobel Peace Prizes based on this, <laughs> this concept, just helium-3. And then be the last show when I talked, we were talking about when we touched on gravity. I mean, I said the helium balloon, I used that as an as example why gravity. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. It's I'm way not smart enough to actually explain how it, it goes, but there's some people out there, there's some informational videos and stuff of, of people who are smart enough and do understand it. And yeah, there is, you can watch the fluid do, it just like disperse. It climbs the walls of the thing and it phases through the bottom and it's, it's bizarre. And so the, the concept is that there's one of those around us always and we just can't see it. And that I these forget about craft, I forget um, which one about, I think it's animal magnetism he was uh, speaking about. Right, um, operated on a similar concept. And so, yeah, here we go. This is a super fluid. There you go. God, I love this show. You're so fast <laughs> on the, the videos. This is awesome. Um, and so the, the concept here is that the UFOs are actually operating more like submarines and they're navigating this quantum fluid. And that's right. why they can navigate through water 
through air, through space, seemingly. With less friction than you would. Yeah, with, with no issue. They're, Luis, they're not Luis, operating that Luis, medium at all. Chaz, Chaz, I'm all right. Let me, let me blow your mind a little bit. I make reference to this. Okay, this ties back into some stuff that I make reference to. Okay, I joke around all the time because I, I don't agree with flat earthers. I don't agree with globe earthers. I don't even agree with hollow earthers. I don't agree with any of them that are like, I guess, hey, now, common. Hollow earth forever. <laughs> I, no, no, no. There's, there's, I, I have found truths in all of them. Even if they're minuscule, I found, I, like truth, it, I, found, I found truths in all of them. And because I've found truths in all of them, I've tried to look further. And that has led me to this thing where we are in I like that, a, we, where we are in a giant snow globe turtle going through the vast ocean of space. Mm -hmm. Actually, so it's landmass that's shaped like a turtle, but that's where they get the concept from. But I, it's like I, we're listen, this is just this this is this is my thing that I've been doing, and that and that I'm we've been you. we've been lost in we've been lost in this snow globe spaceship turtle thing in this vast ocean of space so long that we forgot we're on a ship, and like that's why we're still lost and traveling. And one day, this ship is gonna arrive to the destination it was supposed to arrive and the doors wow, are going to open and we're going to be like, what the hell? You just Dude, no, you imagine man. the simulations broken right now? The computer's frying like we are. We could like, oh, and the concept of NPC is there's a portion of the population that legitimately is actual <laughs> software and then a portion of the population is human. I mean, I'm not saying like nobody's human. Everybody is human. We're all real. There's, but like again, it's 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 a, yes. it's a thought experiment. Yes. What was the movie that Lauren Fishburne played in? I mean, based on some of my human interactions throughout the day, based on some of my interactions with people throughout the day, man, man I, I, I have no doubt. Fallen. I have some no doubt that, that there are some NPCs running around that failed to update. Well, you know what I mean. You've seen um. So you ever played The Sims? Anybody played The Sims? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's see the thing is it's so wild because like uh they don't realize they don't realize that they're npcs though oh dude that's great that movie i watched it i was actually surprised how I good i've ever seen that free guy is good mm -hmm. i haven't seen One it ryan, ryan ryan reynolds plays an NPC that actually wakes up inside becomes the game. sentient an NPC becomes that becomes sentient in a, in a, in a GTA like game in a GTA. like it's, game. It's wild to think about so that, GTA though. seven, like, maybe but, or GTA six, but your, but your GTA reference, your references to this, because there are people that had for years that were just the NPCs of the game that did no matter what it was supposed to do, because that was what that was their well, life. I mean, Even if they were getting robbed at gunpoint, you know what I'm saying? Like you ever played was, civilization? Oh, I love Sims. Since the very beginning. Since the very beginning. One sec. I mean, let me pull up my Steam real quick. Let me see my hour count real, real fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that's a bummer. One thousand three hundred ninety-nine point five hours. Almost at that fourteen hundred. Which one? Sim five. Five. Damn. I don't I like six. Past man, twenty something. <laughs> I don't like it. Civilization Revolution was the best combat system they've ever built. Well, I, I see. I still like the other systems. I like the good mix. Civ Six. I, 
I don't like. I haven't played SimSix. The whole thing. It's not worth it. But Stick look at Tro- look at Troy. I don't know if you ever heard of Empire Earth. I mean, um, the, well, there's Empire yes. Earth, which was an alternative. There was Empire Total War. If nobody's ever seen Empire Total War or Troy, which came out recently, those simulators are insane because you are controlling legit like 300, 500 troops and you're like watching and visualizing it and you can That's see cool. the battles happening and so on. Oh, I've and got it's one of those for Rome. It's like a Rome one. Rome Total yeah. War. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And then and then there there is games that that simulate there's actually like a very complex battle simulators that you can find you need a very powerful computer to, to play on large scales. But I've seen some videos of like people playing like Keanu Reeves uh the the guy from the what's it called? The guy who John he's like, the contract kill. Yeah, yeah John Wicks. Two John Wicks versus 10,000 zombies. Like, oh man! So I've seen the ones where they've done like the uh, the the people with the super bows. There's like fifty of them, or like ten Spartans versus ten thousand regular zombies. Or it's that's fucking wild, man. I, I and, and that's the thing is, what <clears throat> if that's that's exactly what's happening? That we are inside of a ship. Uh, the the Orville did a great episode on that, where they discovered this gigantic fucking ship. And they, they dock into it, and they're like, this looks like the outside. What the fuck? And like, it looks like the outside. Like, it looks like they're on a planet. I like and to think they, that what if this universe really is the marble from uh, Men in Black? The mar- Men in Black. Black. What yeah, if yeah. we are just in a marble bag with other universes? And what... The whole thing that I watched was like how Let me absolute, show you guys something. Can I share a screen? Let me show you something. How absolutely terrifyingly huge that creature would have to be to use a universe as a marble. Now, now, now listen, let me share something with you guys. Why that gets into the like, Vedic scripts because that's what they believe right. is that we're just a our galaxy right. is just a, a breath yeah. of Yama. And when he a breathes in, oh, that's the death. And then he breathes yeah. out and that's yeah. Simulators, guys. I was a lead technician in Atlanta, right? I ran like a ten-man crew, right? And and this is in Delta Airlines, right? In uh, College Park, right? We did the Cat Cat Three, Cat Five cables in the office building, that's phone line and, and computer line. Long story short, they had this big um, park connected to this one area we were working in, and they got airplane simul- uh, uh, uh pilot simulators, right? And we go on one you go walk in because I'm working right in there. And uh this one guy said you wanted to go for a ride. I said, Yeah. So I, I wanted to say this just to share it because inside of that goddamn simulator, guys, it's just the nose of it, and you go in it got hydraulics, you know, and make you make you feel like actually moving in. It felt just like you're in a fucking plane. So I can see how this could be a simulation where it feels like we're moving this body and da 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 in a smaller. I think it's it's just bizarre. And JB, another thing, it was a movie that Lawrence Fishburne played in. I forget the guy that had the uh, metal legs. And back to the shield part, you said JB, because I never. You just part the concert. You just I never went down that rabbit hole right there. Yeah, you you've been you've been missing buddies. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Some yes. Of the good stuff. But when he go through the glass, JB, and he looked out, he was on a fucking ship floating in space somewhere. 
Luis, can well, you tell can you tell Chaz what, what you got going on here? What we do? So with- I was showing before some related to the demons he was talking about, like their divisions he had before, and this is gravity cancellation technology. What came up is really cool and interesting. Like, what the heck is this? Like, what the heck is this? Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm super perplexed. And what am I looking at? What is this? Yeah, it, like, it does what is this that point? And the, that's one of the reasons. Like, are this the tethers of reality? And this is the Earth. And these are like the tethers of reality that actually hold the Earth as like the giant of like liquid of gravity like we can't measure gravity and we measure gravity because of its effect but like we just started like like with gravitational waves like that that study that they're doing in the antarctic but gravity by what they think is that we are experiencing a fraction of its power and gravity Mm -hmm. should be stronger but it's not so they think that gravity spills over to multiple dimensions and I'm trying to stay with the concept because I really don't believe in gravity now, but I'm, I'm trying to stay with you, Lewis, not to just to be disagreeable, but uh, uh, ether, um, I just can't, I haven't studied, I just, I know enough not to to dispute gravity, but I ain't got no deep research on it. So not, I appreciate so, that because that's just something I was going to say is that's why I'm almost convinced of the B theory stuff because it's getting to that point where it's so complex I don't understand and that's <laughs> other <laughs> people smarter people are talking about it and that's interesting well, uh, Brandon, you guys ever- this is a great let me, I'm sorry Chad let me let, let me let, uh, let Lewis finish this because I really want to see what it's a great point Chad I ain't, I ain't gonna lie so please forgive me brother I ain't mean it to be so oh weird. no 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 don't worry I, I really want Lewis to really kind of I want to save this concept right quick I mean, we 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 at the end of the day don't understand completely anything, right? We're just we are just building blocks that are creating the foundations of our collective comprehension of what is all. Because no, Lewis, I'm really concerned like measure point here because you're showing me something. You know how they say um, the weight of the Earth is like causing a concave in time or whatever space. So I'm just really yo. That's not the same as what your point is, but it's kind of similar. 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 Yeah. When, when mean, they talk about when they talk about space time and they talk about the fabric of reality and how they show the visualization of the representation of of how the Earth uh, makes a dent in the space time mm-hmm. framework, and that's the gravity is the counterforce to that fabric. And so, but, 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 the, but the picture we just seen, which is a good point, I'm just trying to like. Re- oh, the one that was just coming up is just fascinating. That's that's yeah. a computer, basically. You ever heard of the the the, the idea of if you have enough monkeys with typewriters, they'll write Moby Dick? <laughs> I, uh, Shakespeare, I, I heard. If, but yeah. If you, well, yeah. If you have infinite time, you will have a bunch infinite of monkeys monkey. just like typing on a typewriter. They'll eventually write the Moby Dick, the Bible, everything. You believe it? These these systems, these artificial, this ma- ma- machine learning uh, systems are essentially sp- accelerated version of monkeys typing on a typewriter. Great, man. Now that I think about that, I'm like, anytime I write something down, I'm like, this is so insignificant. A monkey could do it. So, like, I have no motivation to, like, write anything now. Thanks, Luis. Well, hold on. I've got then, a theory that might totally bring kidding. your motivation back. It's kind of an interesting one. That's I don't know maybe adjacent to uh, 
simulation theory. Have you guys ever heard of biocentrism? Yeah. This idea that uh, it's similar to, to simulation theory, but that biological entities, biological life yeah, is the computer. It is the generator of, of that simulation. And that without the observance of life, reality doesn't quite exist. Right. Yeah, and it right, gets into yeah. the idea that dark matter, these you know empty spots in the universe are the parts where there truly is nothing. There is no bacteria, there is no you know, semblance. And so it's not observed. And so it's not physically manifested. And it goes into the slit experiment and quantum mechanics. And again, shit, I'm not quite qualified they, they, to they, talk about. Uh, but check out spooky action with, with the, slit, the double slit experiment. Yeah, they created a more advanced this. version of the double slit experiment. And they got even more confused. Exactly. It, it actually, it's something that's really um it's bizarre that it's come up in quantum me mechanics because it came up decades ago in ESP research. And this goes with the, the um, uh, experiments to alter random number generators. And yes, what they yes. discovered was that if you Human really can affect even, the random number generators. Right. If you were really thinking to an extreme even, degree. Right. It was about 11% more than chance at the, the high end, which is clearly significant. So chance uh, is 50 50. So 11% is 61%. That's really fucking high. So, oh, yeah. If you, if you, uh, let me give you an example. That's really good. Don't tell, don't take that bad. Lipitor, <laughs> you know, Lipitor, that very famous uh, lowering cholesterol drug. Yeah. Have you ever heard of its effectiveness? It's like 54%. That's how I know it for 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 a pill for a pill or drug. It's fifty percent means placebo. Slightly yeah, better, they'll take it. it. So it's slightly it. better than placebo. By okay. a, by almost. Yeah, I thought you said fifty four because fifty is above placebo. They hear they so Willpower, true placebo though. That's part of the problem. If yes, really and the problem that's about, it's sixty one percent. They've done research with certain people. And they've given them sugar pills, not said yes, anything. They do. And it's pay. worked. And it's worked. And and, and we don't know well. what is placebo effect completely and what is nocebo effect, which is right. a, a well, so the opposite. I'm glad you said that because here was the problem with the ESP research. You're like, how is how have we, we developed this research further? Why is 61% because it's taboo? Capitalize that. Well, it's, it's taboo. taboo and, but here's what happened when. Researchers came in to debunk it. When a team was set up to debunk it, they had the third party do the, the test, but they they were thinking even. They ended up getting odds at 11%. The nocebo kicked in, and again, it wasn't the participant who was nocebo-ing it. It was the researchers conducting the study. So what was ultimately determined was that everyone's ESP affects the study to some degree, and so you can't really study it as a human being because you're going to fuck up the experiment. There's no. You could study it likely experiment. potentially at a at a very high distance with with more blind elements to the study. Right. So when you hear about what is a double blind study, what that means is the person doing the research doesn't have a clue either. So the right. person that's yeah. testing you. Doesn't oh, fucking know what the fuck they're okay, doing. There's like no possibility of manipulation of the of the of the data 
when you don't know and the person testing you doesn't know that's kind of part of a double blind uh so like both sides don't have a clue what's happening there's a third party that does but with that type of research there's also the esb like extrasensory projection like extrasensory perception research is all over the place right because it start it started to become prominent after world war ii because the russians were also doing a lot of research then mk ultra popularized it in terms of the current now mainstream but it's been around and it currently is still active they just don't it's not mk ultra anymore it's another research arm but they're still doing it yeah yeah, i was gonna say Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove um, at Stanford, he's doing some great um, Jeffrey Mishlove? research into those exact concepts of, of following up on ESP. Yeah, he actually just won um, the Bigelow money, so he might be compromised. But... Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace? So, yeah, it, he has a, a branch, the NIDS, that used to do the UFO stuff. They've more switched to, interestingly enough, consciousness-based research. And they mm-hmm. gave away a grant to who could ever write the best essay proving life after death. And Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove won that last year. The, the reason I know that is I also submitted an essay, which I don't think anyone ever um, read. Could, <laughs> but, could you send me you one? Know, to it was find worth it. a try. <laughs> I'm trying to find more on them. I'd love to see more information. Maybe, How do you spell his name exactly? Uh, uh, yeah, that was it. M-I-S. L-O-V-E, Mishlove. Yeah. Um, his Encyclopedia of Consciousness is a great resource. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can find I found it in a used bookstore. I don't know what the Amazon price is these days. But I, think, I, think, I think they created a science to research this stuff, but it's been, we do it every day, fellas. And I think it's, it's in the most, right in front of our face, wait, a mother, when she have a child, it's a it's a mental, it's a mental language that they, that mother knows when something, when that. Oh, yeah. You feel me? And when that child is miles away from her, she can feel it. And even we do it sometimes. I picked up the phone when my mom was living, fellas. I had a uh, uh, call mom. She said, boy, I was just thinking about you. So we're doing some of this stuff unconsciously. Uh, uh, I think most of it is unconscious. I think if you look at, you know, life on Earth, we recognize that happens in a lot of life forms. Insects, fish, the lower, less evolved life forms. They operate on that weird subconscious level. They've all got one kind of motive. They're all, you know, doing one goal. They all move together. Even birds, they've studied that, like, their adjustments, they happen faster than, like, Olympic athletes. It's like a mm-hmm. weird... Well, just look at schools of fish. Exactly. Schools of fish yeah. with very small brains mm-hmm. can do incredible, beautiful symmetry. And birds also, they have this incredible, uh, there's some species of birds, man, uh, you just yeah. watch it and you're, you get mesmerized because you see like this weird dance. I don't know if you ever guys ever seen like, like yeah. birds, but like oh, doing yeah. something like this and, yeah. and then they go like this and then they like, like it's really beautiful. When they're in a swarm, oh my God. Yeah. When they're in a swarm and they start moving into this bizarre patterns that, it's, it's, it's hypnotizing. How can you not watch it because of the movement, like you said, so um, you don't I'm, expect I'm, it. It's not I'm, like them just going us. No, it's like this. It it's energy fields that they're probably exploring energy fields, and you know, on the, we barely um, understand the any of that stuff. We're starting uh, to understand some of that stuff. And, and look at that! Look at that energy that you say on that picture, uh, Lewis. That you say holds the is the new there um, are 
Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And you, you guys are studied up on uh, like uh, uh, ether, right? What ether is? Every thought is is such a fine energy uh, thing, and, and every thought is even imprinted on ether and stuff like that. But um, um, they say a diamond is not even uh, it's not liquid nor is it uh, uh, solid. Um, so it's a lot of studies, guys, and I, I love this show, JB and Chaz. Thanks for bringing some information and stuff. But they hiring the sciences too, brothers. We could have been figured all this shit out, man, years, hundreds of years ago if they wasn't trying to hold humanity back from developing. Oh, yeah. Well, that goes back to the the uh, UFO question with the bee theory and stuff. And I always call it bee theory, one, because, you know, bees. But also because, I, I again, I'm mostly on that psychedelic angle. But if, nice. if I was a gambling man, if I had to put money on it, I know for a fact humans exist and they're up to shady shit all the time. They've got schemes and plans and plots and conspiracies. You know, that terms become, you know, what it is. But we know it's so true. Cons- what, it, what a conspiracy is. The- three or more. <laughs> is it three or more? I, I, it's I, only I three. It. I I forget. We've got I, a pretty good conspiracy right here, fellas. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But conspiracies occur all the time. Yeah. In definitely. real life, it happens yeah. all the time. Like the one of the most famous collective uh, conspiracies that affected the 20th century in relationship to modern life was the light bulb cartel conspiracy. How all of the oh, light yeah. bulb manufacturers set a 2000 hour limit. Uh, that was a real conspiracy yeah. between all of the manufacturers to collect to control the the lifespan of light bulbs so they can keep yeah. selling light bulbs. Yeah, they do it with they do it with they do it with uh, oil filters. They do it with tires. We could have been moving that robot tires. They do it with I'll, a lot of products. Listen, I'll Design tell you, up I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you firsthand, and you know, because I've, I've spent a lot of years working, you know, with my hands on things. I've seen it physically being done in cars, and I can tell you 100%. Artwork. After years of doing appliances, it, like the appliances now are absolute garbage. Like you, they're going the same route as cars. There's so oh, many, yeah. there's so much electric nonsense that just phone. kills it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your phone only lasts how many years? Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's an American made one. Those Absolutely. are the worst. I always get and the curve. The 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's, I, I know. I'm a sellout, but it's true. The Samsung lasts way longer than, than those. Man, I've been, listen, I had a, I, I had a Samsung, I had a Samsung ran over by a truck and like, Walked back behind it and picked it up off the ground, and the damn thing still continued to work. So I just kept rolling, right. and I've Rob never turned around. The so. ocean. Still hey, Chad, when, you, <laughs> when you um started studying paranormal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. When you had your first experience or any of the experience, I would, I'm just curious to to know what type of diet was you on. Was you like in a fast mode, or was you, what did that play any part about like your energy? Yeah, to man, I'm a pretty big guy, and I've I've never really. Uh, a faster um you know i did go through a portion when in uh high school i was a wrestler so you got to cut weight and stuff so i did do that but i don't think there was anything particular paranormal during that period necessarily your your, your physique but you know your diet i was just trying to see was you're in um 
a heightened state because of what? Because you, just the appearance don't mean you're not healthy. Some, some, well, some, you know, I, I do take that in mind before I, I do psychedelic experiences. Like if I'm doing psychedelics, I won't eat meat that day. I'll, you know, I always meditate for like close to an hour beforehand. Um, say that's why Nikola Tesla backed out on the Philadelphia experiment because he didn't have time to um, see everyone's mindset, diet, and study the vibration of each person. And that's that when they came back, they say some of those bodies were in them. <laughs> I've never heard that one, but I fucking love it. <laughs> I think there was a little bit more than just, you know, diet and mindset and stuff with that. I don't, yeah. Well, I mean, I tell I, I tell a lot. Of, uh, this has been something I, I kind of swear by and live by, and I'll tell people all the time. And I get I get judged really hard for this statement, but like, I don't believe in a bad trip. I believe that's just shit you're supposed to be facing. And like, if you don't face it, then it's going to keep causing you to have said bad. Trip. I don't know. I have but you should talk it. about it. You should hey, talk hey, about you it when what? you're having a bad trip. You should talk about yes. it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. You've got to resolve it. You've got to resolve it. It's something it. that you're trying to resolve. Like that's, that's you're that's seeing it for a reason. Yeah. Yes. Right. You're seeing it for a reason. The person that's had a bad trip, they probably had a bad argument with someone too, so the energy field was, you feel me? That like can affect it depending on the That's situation. exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that all, when I've had a bad experiences, I've never had a bad trip when it's been an internal solo experience mm -hmm. or with trusted people. If I'm with like, with you you're trying like, to do that party shit, then you're gonna have a bad trip. There's yeah. a possibility. You still probably will have a good time. Yeah, but, there are such things like um, the person taking that before they really like they forcing they like oh, yeah. throw it out of open fight shit and they wasn't ready. I've got a story about that. So during yeah. one of these Ouija board mushroom seances, I my dad came home early because I was I was this was after the backpacking trip. I was working at home saving up for for moving to Mexico, uh, and uh, I was doing the Ouija board seance. Dad came home early. He was pissed at my one of my brothers. He I don't he fucked something up. I don't remember what it was. Nothing important. But he was he was pissed and he was like, why aren't these dishes done and shit? And I'm tripping really hard. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to do these dishes. And he was ranting and raving, and I literally blacked out, like collapsed. And yet, obviously, in normal circumstances, he does that, you know, no big deal. Off my shoulder, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know. What what a shithead! That would be my normal response. Normally, no, no problem. But in that altered state, you really are vulnerable to these these energies. And again, we're talking about on the base human level, there is some kind of mental interaction that occurs non-verbally. Yeah. And so, when he was coming in hot like that, he was coming. I could not I could not make the switch, and so my brain just switched off. Um, and I was. In retrospect, I was doing those trips way too close together. I was doing them like every weekend. Right. Space out your psychedelics from that. That's way too often to be doing them. It's just bad for Absolutely. your health. <laughs> hey, guys, if y'all haven't read the book, see, uh, book called Dawn, Dawn, the Dawn One by Constance, that book I was... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I've read it in Spanish. You got some expressions. And it's not, it's not a, like a, um, a fiction either. It's, you know... Mm -hmm. he, 
is post it's non-fiction allegedly but like you know how you talk to water right anger you could be angry at water put it in the freezer mm -hmm. then you could just love to the other glass speak love and then you put put that in the freezer take both of them out the one with hate and it got spikes right yeah it alters so, the shape yeah the, the only thing is that they argued that they couldn't replicate the study um, so that was the only issue with that study, but it doesn't mean it was fake. It doesn't I mean did, it wasn't real, but uh, they couldn't replicate the study. And I, I didn't do a, a series of times, so I didn't compare the no, you know, the number, you know, number of occurs against each other. Though. I confess. Again, though, how do we know it doesn't apply into that ESP effect where? No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like they couldn't replicate it, but it also could be a human factor that we're not taking yeah. into account. Well, that, there's, a, there's. A, Mm -hmm. Chaz, I think go back to what Lewis said earlier about the placebo. They're the percent of the of the patients here themselves. Speaking of people that can't, you know, that they couldn't replicate, we've talked about this guy before, that guy that was using the sound um, frequencies to levitate all kinds of things. Yes. And, and recently there's this machine, JB. They were having they were having trouble recreating it, but now they're now they've got uh, we, we pulled up one a couple weeks. It's been a few weeks, but we pulled up a video. I believe Louise actually shared it with me. I'm going to go back and try to find it maybe. Right, I hate to do this, guys. Know. I'm going to go on a piss break, though. No, Real quick. Okay. I'll be it's right okay. back. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to dive into this for a second. But they were, go for it. I'm listening. He had made uh, a vibration go through a bubble in, in a cylinder, right? No, 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 no. This guy was levitating different sizes of rocks and stuff like that with with sound like he was you know making them up off the ground and stuff and, and that's not and, Hutchison. that's not the hudson um I, and they um it's like he put um it's, it's, metal nothing, it's, it's nothing inside of a tube like it's, no 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 this no that's something else i was saying i was i was i was parallel in two points at the same time the guy name is hudson that you're speaking about this machine that he, you put the object in the levitate it could be liquid whatever it is if it levitate um now um what I, was what I was talking about but that's that's okay my bad Jay. my bad because i recently studied that, that same uh guy that had a machine that levitated things i'm sorry go ahead no i was talking about it it's not a machine these guys were using sound waves like it's not it wasn't a machine was but it was a it was a it was producing it was producing sound waves to levitate the, the dude i'm talking about if you get a chance just check out Hudson guys but jb you know, i'm um thanks for the ad i didn't know about this other version of it it just sounded similar i thought that was weird. that was it well, well now i guess give me a second now i'm off track i'm gonna see if i can look up his name like because uh, i remember us talking about this before and i don't Think that we're talking about the same guy. Nope. It's cool that it's, it might, might it's not a similar be, but thing. It's not a similar. But why you do just that? Was this guy that's uh, his son uh, a vibration through a sound wave through a, a bubble in a glass, right? And they call it a star in the jar, guys. If anybody want to research this, and at the point in the center of the circle, in that the vibration is going through this liquid, right? bubble and it created a star within the bubble and they uh even stabilized it so um and it's scientific so um that was that's the other point i was just parallel alongside of uh, asking about was it hutchison Jay. What i love that what was you saying Luis? um i mean 
when it comes to vibrate like the vibrations and everything if you ever seen an image of the back of a turtle and the image of certain vibrations expressed through salts on top of a metal sheet there's a whole science to that i forgot its name right now but for example an experiment you can do in your house you just need a big speaker you can put a piece of a sheet of metal on top of the speaker and then you lower i think you possibly have to lower the treble to almost nothing and then you're playing on the on the bass's vibration and then you run certain frequencies and when you run certain frequencies the salt will start to turn into the shape of the frequency yep if you notice turtles backs they are a representation of that frequency but what if the stories come from the fact that we're just the expressions of the vibrations of a turtle's back that is what that's that's what i heard when you say just the expression of a larger being gaia Mm -hmm. we're just its vibrations Good vibrations. I prefer Eris, goddess of chaos. Right. As you said, that life was a sheet sheet of life, right? And we're just, the other night, did you say, you made that point, right, Lou? That life was just a a flat plane of life or whatever. Well, yeah. So the the idea, so it, certain scientists also believe in the idea that the universe is completely flat, but like a flat plane. And then, the holographic projections that is us, the vibration expressed is the representation of the universe, but the universe itself is, is a holographic projection of that energy being expressed. Inside a battery of, uh, inside a battery of some assholes flying inside the battery of some (laughs) super powerful alien that we're just like, so their engine battery for their spacecraft. So I think, um, that actually, there's a. I was spouting biocentrism a minute ago, but my new favorite theory, um, and this actually reminded me of something I wanted to hit on a time ago in this conversation, um, it, when we were talking about simulation theory, and whether I wanted to say whether or not simulation theory is true in the you know sense of true. Um, it's a huge benefit to the paranormal field when it comes to a framework that we can apply to, you know, not even the paranormal field, just general philosophy as cheesy as it sounds. And it it is kind of cheesy, but saying like the matrix is an awesome thing in human language. Because before the trying to convey the idea that like we lived in a reality, a video game, a digital simulation, that would take hours of complex dialogue if we were like the ancient Greeks. Per so se. Lo- look at reality in the relation to ghosts. Uh, an interesting point that somebody like mentioned, which was really fascinating to think about, is look at old buildings. Old buildings have been around for a long time, right? So that means the collective energy fields could be when it comes to time, when it comes to a different vibe, like a different dimensional being buildings represent like a different scope of energy to them. And when it's been around for a while, they're like, Oh, look, we can go over there. And when you go see a ghost, potentially somebody 300 years ago sees you as a ghost and they see, and you see them as a ghost and you're both like, what the fuck? Exactly. And so that's that's exactly what I meant, though, is that the you both can be in the of- same space because it, it exists in both timelines. But you're here in 2022. Yeah. They're there in 1797. 
Yeah, whether it's it's the space-time fluctuation, which I prefer, or glitch in the matrix, that idea that there's some kind of time dilation, there's some kind of advanced physics at play is a huge step forward. Compo you know, when you compare it to what still is the, the main magic. You know, message on TV. Well, not even magic. I wish it was spooky, magic. Spooky, spooky, spooky. I love magic. magic. Jesus Christ, and then everything else is demons. <laughs> that, that's, that, and that's, that and that's, 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 that's and the weird thing is like that's minimizing it. If, if we want to uh, speak of like the evidence of God, the evidence of the creator, the, many of these things are evidence of, of intelligent design. And intelligent design in itself represents the idea of a see, creator. See, all right, now here's here. I'll get a, I'll get a little with you on that. See, I've never personally, I've never bought into the the single consciousness theory. I think there are multiple. Oh, I'm not okay. debating that. Okay, all right, now, now do, no, now, no, do like, now do I think creator a lot of idea us... does not no, 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 does no, no, not no, conflict just, with uh, out, the out, multiple. Hey guys, here's my problem with the concept of God, right? No, just, just, just hear me out. No, I just want to say, like, how can it be God? Because, like, in order to exist, you, you got to exist within a world, right? Uh, a space. Does it? To be in the, that's what I'm trying to find out now. That's my problem with the. Okay, if God is God, what did God exist upon within? What energy was outside of God that he was able to become conscious? Okay. Oh, no. Look, hear me out. So, all right. So there's not, I can't, I've never been able to wrap my head around the single consciousness. Do I think right. that, do I think that multiple people could be a part of 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 a larger single consciousness? Sure, but I think there's a bunch of separate larger single single consciousnesses. I don't think there's one solitary one. I think there's multiple ones because I have connections to some people that I would say would connect back to the theory of the single consciousness, but then I have connections to other people that I have the connection that yes, I know you in another realm, but no, you're not the uh, part of the same consciousness. You're not a part of the journey. Can <laughs> you imagine we're five sides of the same consciousness talking to each other right now? Sure, sure. sure. And, and to an external alien being, they're like, oh, he's talking to like, parts of his psyche. This again. Point is just but like, but like, but like, Cat and Kate. But like Cat and Kate, mm -hmm. I think are great examples. They're clearly two separate consciousnesses that have that have two separate missions. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But they they, they kind of see it in the realm of where I'm talking too. These are uh, these are some past spirit guides I'm speaking on, Chaz, that the, the guys are familiar with. But there's the you know yeah <laughs> very familiar with them. Yeah, they're but they're you know because I get I get into. I, I, I tied the realm of paranormal spirituality and, you know, like crazy conspiracy control and stuff like together quite some time ago. And the more that I, the more I deal with spiritual ladies and witchcraft and interesting people outside of the realm of form, the more I find a lot of the, uh, you know, kind of running into the same tunnels and and i like this because it's it, it is definitely to me put pieces of the puzzle being put together and like I, I like this idea that there are a bunch of separate consciousnesses but there's also like there's again there's only so many of us this goes back into the npc thing you know like there's there's definitely like just other things that are created out of our consciousness to 
be filler, like the guy at the yeah. bank teller station or the dude in front of you driving 45 mile an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone. Yeah, see, don't minimize them. They just haven't. Had you know, sure, sure, sure. I'm just, I'm just trying to give like you know examples in your everyday life that you would run across an NPC, but then you run across somebody else that's completely on the same realm of things, like like you, like yourself, sir, Chaz. Like this is, this is something I see like this evening is. I don't think I could find you back in my consciousness, but I think I could find you in the other realm as a separate consciousness that's out there fighting the same good fight. Because well, as, uh, as somebody who lives, as somebody who definitely doesn't have any problem admitting that they have seen into the other side of the realm and knows there's like a battle going on for consciousness in that world of things that people will never believe. Like there's more than one of us in there fighting that battle. And that's why I believe there's multiple consciousnesses, but we're all supposed to slowly converse, converge on this plane to fix something, fix something planes across. You know what I'm saying? Your soul, JB, can be embodying, let's say, five bodies right now, just like the utility that's running from the light pole outside sure. is powering yeah. the different rooms in my house, right? But one power, right? But at the same time, that consciousness is individual. Some, I, the two are different. So the soul could animate, and, and this is a weird-ass theory I'm going to tell you guys, going to blow your fucking mind. I'm thinking I'm crazy. But what of your dreams, like when you dream about going to a place you've never been in disembodiment, right? That's, that's, that's a separate you are into the the mind or the, of your, or the soul, just like we logging onto the internet to be able to look at each other, right? Sure. What if you could pull answers and, and you can see you can. events that your other, well, you're split, they call it soul, the soulmates. Yeah. But they don't mean just a male and female thing. I think it's above gender. Some mm-hmm. of us have soulmates because we are in um, on the same timeline as soul-wise, right? But inhabiting different bodies. But consciousness, how do they, you know what I'm saying? That consciousness is like different. That that soul part, portion of my soul is having a, its own reality. And how we spend, how are they, they're not sharing rea- uh, consciousness, but they're sharing soul or uh, ether or energy. This, this, this goes back into like the, 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 the this other realm, uh, like the dream realm, and then, you know, like other dimensions around us and stuff that are existing. And the conscious, <clears throat> the device driving the meat mech suit that I'm sitting here talking to you in. Is, is or you know the being or whatever is also is always doing other things i i have met so many people in that other realm and then i've found you guys later in this life right. so right. some of the people in this in this zoom meeting included like you know it's just it's it's the way that things have always gone for me and i uh somebody put it best to me that was a guest on the show one time they said i was a i was a, a hall monitor i'm somebody out here trying to guide the rest oh. of the crew together like to show everybody where this is because we're all coming to the same conclusion and so with that this goes back into something we've talked about before where if we can get enough people to on the same page together about things are we are are we going to truthfully be able to shift the entire reality that we have going on you know like no, enough, no, enough enough people meditating about the same thing you know what I'm saying? Enough people getting on the same board that we need to have this better tomorrow, like stepping forward to actually do something about it. I Go ahead, Bandit. I hear you. Still like a reset. I know at the end of the movie, <laughs> Matrix, at the end of the Matrix, right? She Not to reset, you're thinking, though. 
She kept telling the outcome because he had to determine the outcome, right? It's like certain predictions. It's no definitive prediction because it's always subject to shift if the mindset that created the, the issue. It's just like uh, healing. A disease ain't nothing. Disease, two separate words. One is a prefix. Hey, um, this is just uncomfortable, meaning uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, a disease, before it gets physically seen in the body, it started from the mental realm. There's a, in Hermetic Philosophy, a book that was written by three initiates called The Seven Hermetic Principles, right? Uh, one of them was duality, one of them was polarity, uh, and one was mind, and mind is everything. So just like we're talking to each other, JB, but you might be having a thought about sister right now. Uh, uh, we're doing multiple things right now, but we're still using this one conscious, but and we, we all think about more than one thing. They say we have more than one mind, the one here, the one in the gut, and the aura. So we... We are more than what we even know while we studying external sciences. We haven't even studied and figured out who we are, but all of it connects, JB. All, everything connects. And like you say, JB, what if you pulled everybody here today? You feel me? By, by. I, I mean, I've, 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 made, I've made the statement, you know, before that there's, there's a lot to do with, you know, bringing all this together. And I think, I think there is, <clears throat> like they use it as a weapon. You made mention earlier, Luis, about how MK Ultra and stuff, and and like these other psyops that they, you know, Operation Mockingbird stuff that they brought out into the open. But you and you know, for some reason, I don't. I guess because maybe people are dumb sometimes. I don't. I'm not trying to be mean, but like they think that because it came out in the open, it stopped. <laughs> Our government would never do something like that. Yes, you know right. what I'm saying, and so, and so all right, no, 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 all right, so, so this goes right. This goes hand in hand with they're helping create this, I guess, terror-filled, fear-based, low really? vibrational prison right. system by keeping people in things, whether it be through movies, whether it be through music, whether it be through. Oh. You know, just the news in general, and then cosmetics, movies, technology. But, I believe. It whereas you get to come over to podcasts like but, this one and a bunch see, of my other friends and have wild ass fucking conversations like this. Yes, you're but see, not going to catch anywhere else for sure. But see, the like, same thing. It's like they they are keeping people like in tune, in step with uh, social media, movies, TV, um, mus even music. Uh, but at the same time. Um, we can use it as a weapon and use it against them. We can turn it and use it against them. Get people aware, open people's minds up to this stuff. You know, it's the sharpest double-edged sword available to, to us. That's the point of doing what we do here, I believe. You yeah. Know, it's, just, it's just trying to, because, you know, I mean, you're, a lot of these conversations, I guess you would consider them super fringe, but I, I I truly believe, and I know I've heard this on the show before too, but I truly believe that the only way we're going to move forward with things like science or even technology or even humanity is looking into this fringe, all of this fringy stuff. The things that people have been rushing off for years are like, oh, that's just a, that's just a camera lens, you know, no, no festivities or, oh, that's just a, you know, that's just a this or that. Like they just, they, they think they have an explanation for it when they truly don't. Wait, 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 wait. Well, what was it? What what, what what is their favorite thing to say? Uh, they'll use a fisheye lens to project oh the cur to show the curve of. Are we talking? Are we 
Are we talking about our buddy that nicknamed Luis the Heliotard? Yeah, n- n- don't yeah, get me started yeah, on flat yeah. earth. I'll I am a well, heliosexual. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm a globe tard. But see, but hold on, but hold on. You know, like we we at the same time, I want to completely laugh them, like just laugh them away. You know, I do. But at the same time. Have any one of us ever been up high enough to see it? Do we have? I have a two. I sort of have, but at the same time, you know, have we? Have we? Have any of us? I've, I've, I've done my fair share of traveling. I really have. I, I have I done some no serious traveling. No curvature when I was up there at all, and 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 if there is a curvature every so many miles, it poses. Well, if you go to Seven Mile Bridge here in Florida before Key West with Seven Miles, and you sit right like on the slope as the they got like the sandbaggy things, you sit on the slope there, you can see the bridge kind of disappear over the horizon. It looks round. There's a lot of you get a camera lens, you get a camera lens and zoom in because a human eye can't zoom in that distance, and you can get a camera lens and put it right back in focus. Well, you can see. No, you can sit there and see it with your. You can see it round down out the thing. If you're sitting there with the the level on the pylons, you can find photos of it too. The, the, the detail I'm is. I'm flattered. I know. I'm sorry. But no, 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 no. That's getting. I'm, that's I'm cool. coming that's back. Cool. The the point I'm trying to make. So the point I, I was trying to make. Okay. Oh, but no, no, no. See, the the point I was making was not. No, we don't know what. We don't know what we exist in. We really don't. I mean, we could exist. We could exist in a in a snow in a snow globe. We could. This could be a prison planet. We could exist at the bottom of the ocean, in some alien light, alien uh, beings computer lost in their ship at the bottom of the ocean. We could be a square. We could be a flat square teetering on the back of a giant turtle. What if Minecraft has it right? Seriously. What if if we are in a computer being played by some ancient beings kid on the weekends? You know, what what if? Reboot? I have. I, I think I read But what a if we don't know, really? Don't know. Honestly, none of us know. That's true. You know? So my my new favorite, to, to this point, my new favorite theory concept, I don't know what you would call it, but um, there's a great book by uh, Dr. Raymond Moody, and he's most famous for um, coining NDE, near-death experience, ton of research into that. Um, concepts and, you know, interviewing people really established in that, you know, area of psychology. But this book is purely on like logical theory. And it's, um, I think the book's called Making Sense of Nonsense. Um, but it gets into this, this theory of what we try to do on a daily basis, you know? Absolutely. But what we, we all lack, and it's not our fault, we're, we're taught this logical fallacy is nonsense for most of us is ad- is equal to false. I do that all the time. Like, ah, oh, that's nonsense. I write it off. I dismiss it, meaning it's bullshit. But that is a big mistake we do in our logical thinking because 
there are three categories of information. They're not just true or false. There's true, false, and nonsense, meaning you can't derive sensical information from it. You can't find a true, you can't find a false that doesn't have meaning. And it, we have to recognize that we use that all the time, whether it's religion, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to step on that landmine, but think yeah, of whatever don't. religion you're not, think of whatever one you're not, and think of one of the ridiculous things they believe, right? Right? There's the some flying kind of spaghetti monster. Nonsense. What if we're... Yeah. Oh, my God. Please, Large we're not stepping in this minefield tonight, all right? No. Right. No. It's a no. spaghetti monster. It doesn't no. make sense. No. Right? It doesn't no. make sense. But also look at science. <laughs> because science uses that nonsense placeholder too. Look at the Big Bang Theory. Nothingness exploded into everythingness. That sentence doesn't mean anything. It's a contradiction. It's the same sentence Dr. Seuss writes to entertain children. It's a piece of nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean it's false. It just is a placeholder for information hopefully we'll understand. And that goes back to applying these frameworks, especially when it comes to the paranormal, because all of the paranormal essentially is fits in that nonsense category mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end of the day. There's little bits of information, little pieces of physical evidence that they're there, they're disputed, but they're there. But at the end of the day, these experiences are, are essentially nonsensical, which is why the research into the idea that they're psychedelic in some kind of nature seems mm -hmm. to be the most fruitful because it does mm -hmm. address that that nature whether it is you know putting the mind in a nonsensical thinking framework or <laughs> or if it's you know just doing yeah. the thing psychedelics does and makes you think outside the box either no, no, way no, no, no. Yep. It's, it's like it's like you have to look at like when you think of like npcs npcs will only agree with like a logical conclusion of whatever you're talking about npcs only will what is logic like, yeah well that that's just so i don't I, oh my God. <laughs> but I don't, see no because I, like I think it humanizes our our fellow brethren because we're all humans you know fighting together yeah. and that's not to say i i think and no one's born an npc npc is hammered into you by oh yeah they're they're totally like they are programmed at an early age we are all in and we were all an npc at one point or another in our life. It's whether or not you choose to look outside that pre-programmed way of thinking. I was always rocking it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but seriously, it's like you have to, like, I disregard nothing anymore, man. I mean, it could be the most nonsensical piece of information out there that uh, a vast majority of people will look at it and go, that's, that's, hey, man, you're, you're speaking crazy now. I was inhaling. I, yeah. I felt like I was inhaling water the other day. I was talking to somebody and I sort of like, I had to stop. I was like, I'm smelling water. I'm smelling like I'm inside of water. And I felt like I was like drowning. I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm just talking literally to somebody on over, over zoom. And my brain was like, wait, is it all glitching? Uh, am I I'm, I'm like, I'm inhaling liquid, but I'm here. 
but I'm actually inhaling liquid right now. My body like glitched out. It's like, wait, uh, am I here? I had or- one of those once. 3 a.m., which interestingly, the witching hour, all kinds of weird chemicals in the brain at that time, which science debunked the witching yeah. hour. Sitting on the toilet. So 3 a.m. You ever heard of cellular memory? When I was in prison, guys, third year after not smoking marijuana and everything, I was in my into my third year, right? I swear on everything. Yes, sailor. I had residual sensories. I was smelling herbs someday. Some I it's certain senses that I didn't have access to that I hadn't intaken in, into my physical vehicle uh, a long duration of time, but I smell smells that caught, it was so it was so definitive that I could not not notice that uh, it's you know. And I was wondering if any of you had that experience where that you went without something a long time and you, you like, basically what you're saying, Lewis, I guess. But um, that's to that biocentrism idea that, um, and Robert Lanz hits on that, that um, none of the experiences we experience exist without the human brain. All of those sensory inputs and outputs are in there and they're chemical triggers things like that. Yeah, you can add some chemicals that fuck with it, but for the most part, all all sense, all smell, taste, sight, those are already pre-programmed in the meat computer. And so it it gets to that idea, you know, points out, if a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? Well, in a forest, yeah, there's plants, bugs, Everything, you know, something's going to feel that vibration. Something's going to experience that falling. But if but a what stone about, what killer... What about a patient that was uh, um, sedated in operation having surgery, right? And this, you know, and he came back and told everything that was going on in the room when he was, un, you know, sedated, unconscious, on the, and it was operating, had him speed open and everything. But when uh, the consciousness or whatever entered back into the vehicle upon when they woke him up from the anesthesia, that they remembered everything detailed um, that happened in the room. So you say the brain is the reason, is the basis. I, 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 I'm, I'm conflicted. I'm not saying you're wrong now, Chaz. I'm just saying. Hold like, on, hold I, on. I got one for you. Hold I'm trying on. to hear that. I'm pulling up the article. I'm going to send it in the chat. Um, I did put one on, on from Harvard uh, on slip, smelling things that aren't there. So there's been studies on that. Like a kid scared of the boogeyman, right? It's not there. In his mind, it is until he grew up. And they do say that's one of the uh, beginnings. One of the first, one of the first signs of a brain tumor, too. Wow. (laughs) Oh yeah. So if you smell, so smell could dictate if you're having a health condition. Uh, I smelling something that, that sounds absurd. They say no, 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 no. That, that that happens. That happens conditions. with brain tumors. Brain tumors is, is indicative of a brain tumor. Smelling certain things. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, smelling certain smelling. things that are not that are not Present. there. Okay, there are, so what and there's what actually that, certain smells. Smell something that's not there. That signs of a brain tumor. That don't no, 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 particular no. type. Particular smells. There are a specific category. Can you pull up some research on that? that, Yeah, yeah. I just put it. I put it's in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Because I I just can't go over there. It's in the chat. It's in the chat. That's right. What? But that's don't make it. Come on now. This 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 ain't scientific. This ain't medical. This this just some guys 
This, making this up, is uh, Harvard, uh, Harvard, Harvard this Health is Harvard. Publishing. So the Harvard or not, uh, Malcolm X had went against Harvard in a debate and shut everything down. So that don't oh, mean Harvard. Oh, no, no, but there's a lot. This, and this is a recent research. There's, the, so it's just a there's research that with oh, me, but it comes from, from, from other people. So it starts okay, from... Okay. People say, well, I was smelling this particular smell right before the heart so attack. So everybody or, said that stroke. Kind of brain tumors, that's what, that's what you tell no, them. That's, that's no, that's not. You're, you're taking that wrong, man. That's not, yeah. no, that's I'm not what's being said. I'm just trying to understand. I ain't taking it wrong. Just, I want to understand it. That's all. Uh, they I mean, have, they have brought people in. Something that's not there. Okay, hush for a second. Hey, Kel, hold on a second. I'm a grown man. I hush. I tell my child hush. Hey, hold on a second. Hey, they've brought people in that have had. Uh, hey, let me go. I got. I'm, I'm have to cut this short. Uh, but uh, hush. I don't know about hush. I tell my son hush. But, but we're uh, trying to explain, and you, you, you won't. You won't slow down. You won't slow down long enough to let us explain. You keep interrupting. Hey, hold on a second. It's um, 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 brought people in that have had. I everybody on the panel. I love you guys. It's okay. Okay, so they've brought people in. Like, I'm going to explain it whether... Go ahead, ex- please. Go ahead. Jesus Christ. Uh, they brought they brought people in that had brain tumors. Like, they've done the surgery. They've removed it. And they've just documented people that have thousands of people that have done this. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. No, no. I mean, that's... Oh, that, yes. That that's what we were trying, trying to get out. Yeah. Oh no, no, and and there's there's things like that that happen. There's, for example, if you didn't know, uh, if a woman is having a heart attack, it's like a back pain. Yeah, and with guys, it's and with people, a lot of people, it's like left shoulder pain. So that so people don't know this, and this is crazy. Until the nineties, all studies were only on men. Interesting. For like mo- the majority of things, unless it was specifically for women, all studies were exclusively done on men. There were no female versions until like the nineties, and that, that's so a lot of data has a lot of errors, and that's one. When you were taught what how do you identify a heart attack or how you identify a stroke or how you identify all these things, it depends from male to female. Um. So this was what I was looking for. I'm sorry, I missed all that. Part of the ESP study. I'm sorry, Cal. Monsieur Man, this was what I was trying to get at. Uh, see this image? You all can see the, the image here. Which one's blue? You guys see which one's blue? Out of none, none, of them are, none of them are blue. I can see it. You can see which ones are blue? There's there's one here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to circle it. Yeah. yeah. Right? It looks blue, right? Yeah. It's not. Which one of these is a different color? Anyone? None of them. Like any of them. They are. None of them. Well, one of them is one shade different. And so here's what's interesting. This girl here is from the Himaba tribe in Namibia in the Kalahari Desert. That is on point. That is Namibia, yes. She can't tell which one is turquoise. She legitimately is struggling in this image to figure out which one there is the blue square. But every person of the Himaba tribe was able to be like that one right there. It's one shade different. It's only one shade green different. If you went on like uh, Photoshop and did like that color gradient, yeah. you ticked up one. It is slightly different. There it is. It highlighted it. I remembered it. <laughs> That's the only reason I do it. 
And once you say it, you can kind of see it a little bit. Um, it's also a, a screenshot, so it's likely also not even accurate in terms of color. That's why I don't, I don't like that part. It's probably not even that accurate on color. But well, I, I get the point of the study, yeah. Well, and the, the title of this article is there's evidence humans didn't actually see blue until modern times. And that's a little bit of a misnomer. It's the popularization of indigo as a dye. Um, But if you go back in time, like Homer's The Odyssey, there's no reference of... No, there's... Um, If you go even to the medieval times, if you look at, like, the colors from natural dyeing agents that they used for clothes, blue really wasn't prevalent. And it yeah, was yeah. morbid because there wasn't the pigments available. But I don't, I don't, I, that notion of ideas like, oh, blue didn't exist. Like, no, they didn't, it existed. We just had a different name for it. Well, That's Homer described like, the ocean like as wine colored. Um, and if and you think about variant. it, blue is a variant of that. It's no, just, no, it's close. Again, it's a descriptor. Well, it gets we have artificial colors. One. We have a this, way to create artificial colors that we didn't have a few hundred years ago. Oh, yeah. So, Here's why I know of that study in particular, though. You might find this intriguing, is because I'm looking into a paranormal case in that region um, where they have, like most desert arid areas, they have this weird light phenomenon. Um, I went out to Marfa, Texas. I saw the Marfa lights, these weird light spheres. Most scientists, it's, it happens so often that most scientists believe it to be, you know, some kind of natural light phenomenon. It's always where these lights pop up, some kind of spooky legend is associated with it. And um, they got the Min Min lights in Australia. And this set of lights in Namibia is pretty much unstudied because, you know, paranormal people are. Is that similar to the lights that are seen in Texas? You ever heard of those lights? At light yeah, productions that people find in Texas. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? The, there's a light, uh, like the light show, the natural light show that people don't know the yeah. origin of it in Texas. Yeah, yeah, Marfa, Texas. Um, so yes, that's a perfect example. It's in the early years, first settlers. It was thought to be the ghosts of Aztec soldiers looking for gold or hiding their gold or guarding their gold or you know something, some gold. Um, and then in modern times. It's a UFO legend. And when I went out there, I met a dude who was, there's literally like a rest stop on the side of the road. That's the Marfa Lights Viewing Center. And you can go out there and it's kind of like a, a 30, 70 shot that you're going to see him. Um, I went out the first night and saw one light off in the distance. And I was like, that's just some fucking light, whatever. And some dude was there being like, nope, that's one of them. And he was telling the story about how when he was a kid, He's from the area, the school, you know, he was driving back from a football game and one of these lights came right up to the, the bus and scanned up and down kind of intelligently and then flew back away. Um, and he's telling this story. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm watching this light and then suddenly it jets up in like a weird direction and then kind of like floats back down in a weird way and then disappears. I'm like, fuck, that's bizarre. And so... <laughs> The next night I went out and I took a bunch of magic mushrooms <laughs> because that's, you know, my approach. Mm. And there were a ton of lights and there were, you know, people out there because it's, you know, one of the few things to do in this small town. And everyone was watching these lights, but there was, was like seven or eight of them doing all kinds of weird maneuvers and shit. 
And I was really trying to get one to like fly at me like that guy described, but they all stayed on that horizon line, which again, makes me suspicious. It's some kind of natural phenomenon, some kind of illusion. Um, but in this region in Namibia, the, they have these light spheres, like these desert regions. And in colonial times, much like Marfa, there's, you know, legends of ghost women in white, you know, your classic kind of ghostly stereotypes. In modern times, there's this, uh, you know, UFO lore associated with them. They follow cars, missing time, that kind of stuff. But in this one region around the southern border uh, with South Africa, near this, this riverbank, the, the light sphere, when people get close to it, they see it as a flying snake. And it's the flying snake of Namibia. Now, this snake is super bizarre because of the details. It has like a glowing light on its head. So that's why it looks like a sphere from far away until you get close. But it also has smoke coming out of its nose. It has this heat about it. It leaves scorch marks, very similar to UFOs. But most notably, it drains the blood of cattle. It leaves these perfectly round, cauterized wounds, draining the blood, similar to not only UFOs, but chupacabras in South America and Latin America. Um, Puerto and, Rico! <laughs> and uh, the, uh, again, farmers in this region report specifically, oh, fuck, a bunch of cattle died scorch marks, blood drained, it must have been the flying snake. And it's interesting that, again, in this region, we also have this anthropological study where people are literally seeing colors differently. And then you have this paranormal phenomenon when up close, it is being viewed differently. And this correlates with researchers like Jacques Vallée, who um, you know, have suggested that the phenomenon is one trickster wearing many masks. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do think we're hitting that wall of consciousness of understanding where our meat brain is not, doesn't quite have enough computing power to understand what's going on. And so it fills in the gap. It oh, starts you guys ever done the 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 experiment? So there's a really great visualization experiment. Um, have you guys ever done it? So you basically have a cross across a hair in the center, and then you have a projection of two faces on the yeah, opposite sides of the of the screen, and then <clears throat> it starts running. And all it's doing, it's showing you different faces on different sides, and it just keeps going. If you focus on the center your brain is going to trip you the hell out and you can do this right now. And it, it's going to make you trip the heck out. Just staring at the center of the crosshair because your brain's autocomplete will slowly deform the humans. Very powerful visualization to try. Interesting. Let me look it up because it's really powerful and we can try it right now and you can all experience it. It's very powerful. What's the title of it again? Um, crosshair. It's a crosshair uh, face deforming. Oh, That's I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. The face yeah, and, and so all of these, though, whether it's weird visual things like this or psychedelics, show that, you know, this is the, the kicker for a lot of fucking people, flat earthers, I'm going there. I'm, I'm mm, go for it. <laughs> but 
you can't even trust your eyes, man. Like, <laughs> when, when he, there's something else going beyond our senses to say that, oh, my limited human senses are the only thing trustworthy. No, 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 no. Because I've taken mm-hmm. drugs and I've seen other shit beyond those senses. Whether or not they're legitimate, that means there's something there. That means the whole thing's in question. Yeah. Um, and again, when we, we can do simple things without substances, without altering our chemical makeup, just by looking at shit and have those effects. And so it's it's one of those scenarios that, uh, you know, fuck, we got to question everything. <laughs> you got to be constantly uh, questioning the reality around you. And you know what? That's why they gave you the consciousness in the first place. So wait, wait. Probably. So like make it full screen and let's actually try it. Everybody. Just stare at the crosshair. All right, hit play. Nicholas Cage. Wow, Ooh. it's already really bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's Art Deco. Like, oh, that's it, wild! It looks, ah, keep it, staring. It, it gets looks like, worse. It looks like some of the things off Mid Journey that were like, yeah, right, like Mid Journey, but like version one point Yeah, that's so wild. Wow, this Kevin Bacon had a face. Before. Yeah, dude. How this this alone proves you shouldn't trust your eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge fact. Huge, huge facts. I love the eyes like shrink into the face. Yeah, that's yeah. So much wild. smaller, or that nose gets gigantic and the eyes right. become it's also gigantic and the nose tiny. The mouths don't change that much. Ooh. There you go. Those are humans again, I think. Yeah, they are. They're back to normal. Like that's but that's fun. a really trippy thing to do, and you can that's do it. Pretty fucking trippy. <laughs> That's that's an example that whatever you're experiencing, it's I'll, not I'll, what you think it is. Don't worry, folks. Everybody out there that's just listening and not watching, you guys make sure you come over to the episode and tune into this. Like, this, no, I'll have the links up for it too. But that's wild. Like, it's just it's crazy. And you know, the yeah, record- so it's it, it's interesting when you get into the that because so obviously things like that affect everybody. That's why they're. They're known, right? Everyone's seen some of the famous, you know, MC Escher illusions and shit <clears throat> because they, they work for everybody. But when things like the, the color thing we saw, you know, that seems to be more of a cultural, possibly, you know, genetic scenario going on there. The, again, the question, as it often has become in, in modern science, <laughs> nature or nurture, how are these you know, what, what causes your perception to be what? Um, and one of the most interesting things in that, that Namibian story of the flying snake, that region is mostly, you know, an ethnically significant, you know, independent group. But one of the, some of the key witnesses from this, a lot of, of native people reporting the flying snake. But there's also a few Dutch settlers who moved into the area who also reported seeing the flying snake. When in the other regions around the same time, Dutch people were seeing this light and seeing a ghostly figure. They were like, oh, it's the ghosts. You know, it's some kind of ghost. This guy was like, no, I saw the light up close. And these, pe- these, these native people are right. 
it's a flying snake. And so at what point does the subconscious blend into our subconscious? What what point does it switch? When does our, our filter adjust to the, the, the filter of those around us? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's super interesting when it comes to, you know, some of the modern uh, lore coming from the U.S. when it comes to the skinwalker stuff, which, of course, there's the original legend. And with all stories like this, there's some kind of original legend, it seems. Um, even the flying snake, there's a legend of snake god from that region that lives in this river. Um, but, you know, Mothman, there's a legend of a Native American curse in that area. Um, there's also so fly, to- There's also flying snakes in Mexico, too. I was talking to a Mexican friend of mine. We were talking about gods, and he's like, oh, yeah, this other, I can't, sorry, I can't remember the exact name of this, but he was mentioning, oh, this particular snake uh, god. Oh yeah, so it's there's all these types oh, of the serpent that we don't know about. Yeah. There's so much oh, we yeah. don't know about. Just look, think of uh, Africa, a country with over 52 countries. Oh well, so much up, culture divided inside of those countries. There's so much more culture. The countries just wild... define the lines, but there's more inside of those lines. Talking about snakes, there's this Dutch guy who was a World War II like fighter ace. He was a war hero. Um, flying over the Congo in a helicopter, took a picture of a snake he said was 50 to 60 feet long, which would make it the largest snake um, on record. It's this black and white photo, and he he saw it on this hillside. He was like swung around. The dude riding um, shotgun was like, I got a had a camera. I was like, swing around, I'll take a picture of it. They've, Sorry, they've, 54 countries. I wanted to correct myself. 54. Um, they, they, they swung around. He zooms in to take this picture and the snake like raises like 15 feet off the ground and like lunges at the helicopter. Like, well, fuck that. They got out of there. Literally out of a monster movie. Um, but the photo has been tested and analyzed. It's legitimate. It's black and white, though. You can't, you know, you can't really get a good gauge on the size of the snake. Um, but it's weird. Those fucking that's one of those ones where like i'm like yeah that might be real (laughs) you know Uh, the whole argument against the biological bigfoot like uh you know i i believe there's you know a psychedelic nature possibly to to those entities again bigfoot might be one of these filters like the flying snake or like you know ufos or whatever that our consciousness throws on this um but the giant snake thing, that might actually just be a giant fucking snake, man. <laughs> you know, like, fuck me, that could just be. Snakes are crazy. They just, they'll just eat and live forever. They're like alligators. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, Remy Van Lee race. That's, that's it. This guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the giant Jesus. Snake. <laughs> that's real. Holy shit. Taken from a helicopter, and so that's on like a, a mountain hillside in southern Congo. So this is like a break in the jungle, um, and he just saw this giant fucking snake. And so, like, yeah, well, if you think about it, if you if you're there. if if you get to see it, you probably are also dead right after you see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It's you're one of those things. Dead. You know, it's one of those things. Like you discovered it. Oh, then you're dead. Fifteen minutes. Bef- before I opened my mind up to all of this, I would have discounted that as just totally fucking fabricated and made up nonsense. Now I'm like, 
I want to go find something. I want to go find this guy. Right? I want to go find this snake. Congo's still not that's, really good well, place to travel yet. No, 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 no. How many civil wars have they been? Interestingly, though, it should be noted that the largest snake on record was found in South America, not Africa. Um, I believe it was an anaconda. Anaconda. Boa? No, Boa's Asia. Anaconda. No, anaconda. Yeah, an anaconda. So... 50 feet's really not that much bigger than, right. than 35 right. feet. It's yeah, possible, but again, different continents. So No, and, and well, it's I possible think, because I there weren't that many humans if, in that time period in certain regions, so we couldn't really destroy the environment they were feeding on. If that thing rose up to attack a flying helicopter, I don't think this was feet. I'm thinking this was probably meters. Oh, he's also Dutch. Maybe that is a mistranslation. I'm oh. thinking this is meters. That would be huge, though. That would be it's ridiculous, bro. <laughs> but seriously, I wouldn't you discount that Godzilla. as being false now. Right. I wouldn't, let me, I let would... me actually check out what it says. That's I'll check it's... right now what this yeah. is. It says that this is a big it says, You can see he's kind of getting off the air 1959, there. Remy van Leda. Served as a, a colonel in the Belgian Air Force at the Kamina yeah. Air Base. War hero. He was a fighter Congo. ace. He was well respected Kata by the UK. Katanga region of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Returning from a mission camp. by helicopter. He the snake was close to 50 feet camps, long, well two respected. feet wide, three feet long. Tri three feet long triangular head. So he saw the head and everything. I don't. I don't think there was no way that's feet. That's got to be meters because no, no, it's it's got. I mean, if meters would be like because if you're it looking would be at substantially it. bigger, I think it, it, again, you're from the plane. It's on an open thing. So no, because you see that you see the plants around it, so you can get a yeah. context even by the plants. It's feet. are they bush? Are they bushes? Oh, yeah. Those okay. are bushes. If, Those are bushes. That's if feet. he estimated it at 50 feet and that was a, a gross estimation maybe it was you that's know, not 40, 45 and so that's only five more than 35 in south america that's totally possible that's, that's totally totally, be totally believable yeah i don't think he would lie also that that's one of the the biggest i tell this story i've been doing um lectures here in florida on ufos yes. and shit and i open it with a a story about a friend of mine as a child we were there was this weird like you could when we would go camping with this friend of mine billy i should do the whole routine the whole bit <laughs> here we go <laughs> there's something something comedians paranormal investigators are the same thing they're both terms for unemployed yuck 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 all right um <laughs> um when I was a kid, I used to hang out with this kid, Billy, and he was pretty strange, but he was a cool kid. And we would go camping. We'd go on these long camping trips. And one time we were at this, this campground, and there was this weird phenomenon where you could step over this ski bump and you could hear wind chimes. And then you could hop over it and there would be nothing. It was like this weird kind of sound wall. And now as an adult, clearly it was some kind of echo between the trailers you know, sound thing going on. But at the time, it was kind of spooky, right? So we were all testing it out as kids and, you know, ooh, weird. And my friend Billy comes riding down the road on his bike and he's like, 
the ghosts are planning an attack. We got to get ready. And I'm like, well, come on, man. What? No, something weird's going on. Why are we doing all this? And that is the majority of my job as a paranormal investigator. And I also, I love, important to reiterate, Billy wasn't doing that because he wanted to like trick someone or fool someone. He wanted to be included. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's why we have these communities. There wouldn't be a listenership and stuff like that without people wanting to be included. And sometimes that leads them to be telling some yarns. And here's the thing. It's annoying, yes, but also those are some of the best stories. They're the funniest, they're the weirdest, and sometimes the absolute scariest, you know, when people make it up. Because the truth oftentimes is, you know, more mundane than that. Um, so, you know, no, no knocks against them for that. But the job I've adopted here as investigator mostly has to do with determining who's being a Billy and who's not being a Billy? You know, are you telling this story because you want to be included or are you telling this story because something weird happened to you and you want to figure out what it is? You've had a bizarre reality altering physical experience and you want, you need answers. And usually it's pretty easy to tell, but not always, you know, uh, again, I get wrapped up in the story and that goes back to the Grubinikov stuff where I'm wrapped up in that story. I'm willing to admit it. Like I'm ready to believe it's true. I'm waiting for the men in black to knock on my door and be like, you're right. It was the bees. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, know, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> you know, but I also have to remind myself, what are my sources? A crazy guy I met in Morocco and then, the, a friend of a friend's dad from a podcast. Not great sources. I, w I couldn't win this court case. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, it, it's easy I, I, to get caught you know, up in those. those but you know, I like to, I, it's one of those things that I've always, I, I do say a lot, especially here in the past month with us doing all these interesting spooky month, sp spooky month episodes that we've been doing. You know, I'm, I'm not here to deny anyone their experience. You know, if they've got some kind of weird, awesome, interesting experience, I'm the guy that wants to hear about it because I'd rather, mm -hmm. I'd rather hear about it and let you, let you tell me about it. And even if it's baloney, you know, eh, we might, we might try to call you on it, but if it's not, we're, we're going to be on the edge of our seat being completely interested the whole way. But you know, it's not our, it's not our job to really judge you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah. Oh, well, and here's the good thing about, because, you know, I, I do most of my work through writing, you know, yeah. um, and most people don't read. So I don't really have to worry about because I do. I as an investigator, there are times where I have to be like, yeah, he's probably full of shit. <laughs> you know, just if I'm being honest with my audience, which is, is my I take on as my responsibility, you know, in my current book I have out. Um, I researched the Betts Castle, which is this crazy case with the UFO sphere and a haunting and this strange island, um, whole oh. bizarre thing. But I tried out this piece of technology, ghost technology, which I've been in the game a long time. And I've got to say, I'm always very skeptical of ghost technology. And to put it in a, a short story, wrap it up in a bow. I came out to that same conclusion after trying out this technology. Um, but it was based on this idea, a place between time and space. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> um, 
It was based on this idea that UFO spheres cause hauntings. Um, and again, he's got uh, Patrick Jackson. He's very interesting. You should have him on the show. Interesting guy. He'll definitely get into the theory. Yeah. But he's very convinced of it. <laughs> he thinks he's cracked it. And there's very little discussing anything entertaining the idea that he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his theory is that the Foo Fighters, that these UFO spheres are responsible for hauntings, that they go into a quantum state and they turn invisible and they say random phrases and that's what EVPs are. It's the, the uh, huh. sphere trying to scare you away. And that's why they don't make sense. It's kind of like talking to an AI, not an actual ghost. Interesting. Uh, it's an interesting theory. And Ooh. honestly, it, it represents a step forward for the ghost hunting community, recognizing there is a connection. Oh, but there's wow. like an $8 app <laughs> you got to buy. And then there's like a device which is like $800 if you want to get one of the devices. Plus, it's from the UK, so you got to pay for that international shipping. Oh, my God. Obviously, on a a ghost, a paranormal investigator's salary, I was like, okay, sure, Um, (laughs) whatever. Luckily, I I have friends in interesting places, and this one guy who does some stuff with TV shows was able to loan me one of the devices, to try out during this book. Um, and there was some high strangeness during my investigation. Again, I think that probably has to do more with the, the consciousness, you know, headspace mentality aspects of it mm. than it does any kind of weird device. Um, honestly, I think maybe the device might have lowered that because I was like, uh, meh. <laughs> but who knows? Well, you know, I I think I think personally that this has been a fantastic you know, final for our little spooky month with me in costume and just having all these weird conversations and stuff. Chaz, this has been this has been a fantastic conversation from where I'm sitting at. You know, I do apologize for getting a little out of pocket there with Kel for a second, but we'll we'll get it straight. No worries. We had a misunderstanding. It happens. It happens. Passionate you know, he's people. A, he's passionate, passionate dude, and he's. You know, I, was like, I love him to death. He's super, super smart guy, man. And he, even even you and him were on the same level on a lot of things. And that's what I like about Kelly. You know, he's, he's a real good dude. So, but Luis, you got anything for me for tonight before we get ready to wrap up? Explore the flying spaghetti monster. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> don't. Luis, are you going to are you gonna wear that hat from now on? Do. Is that going to be a new hat? You could make it a religion. You could make it a religion. Chaz, Chaz, I usually wear a pirate hat on a regular basis. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, great, man. Now I gotta, now I gotta get something. I'm gonna <laughs> always wear the wizard hat when I'm on. Yeah, yeah, bro. And, and again, anytime, you know, I, I, I always love return guests are my favorite guests, and there's so many things we can talk about. So, Bandit, yeah, you got it. Bandit, you got it. I think, I think we should have him on with Cat and Kate. Oh God. Oh God, I'm just. I think that. Or oh no, uh, Vicky. Vicky, Miss Vicky, our medium. Miss Vicky, our the medium. She she solves she solves murders with her medium powers. She's interesting. I think that would be a really good. I, I see. You know, I see some eye rolls from some people in the the, the audience here. Spaghetti spaghetti hats. 
No, not at all. No, 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 no. I'd love to talk well, to her. I, I, I gotta be honest. I'd love to talk to her. So. I have, I'm not. I'm not doubting anything she's done. If she literally has helped solve things, hey, yeah. more power to her. I'm not was, questioning was, her at all. I would well, want to talk to her. I was not available that day. I would have loved to talk to her. I would. I'm. I'm also interested. I would love to see documentation because it does happen. Mish Love has a couple good documented cases of, uh, of, um, you know, police officers who have used psychics before and confirmed that cases have been solved. But the sad part is some of them have. I've wasted the police's time. So it's well, a yeah, time. that's some are good he, and some are horrible. He's also done the math on the percentages of that, and it's definitely like ninety nine point five percent are fake nonsense that wastes people's time. So it's yeah. So, so again, interest. I love interesting claim. I'm open yeah. to it. Oh yeah, but, you know. Well, again. Of course, you guys. You guys know that with every episode, I make sure I share where you can find the folks that are going to be on here. And of course, here's just a plain website, chazofthedead.com. Yeah, you can, you can find, find his book. book. Family thinks I'm crazy. What's that? Oh, so <laughs> oh, that's great, Mark. He's a great guy. There's my articles. I write for Paranormality Magazine. They're a great independent publication. Oh, that formatting's bad. I fix that. <laughs> <laughs> great independent publication. Um, do all kinds of paranormal stuff from cryptids. And you can get back to them on all the socials there as well. And yeah, yeah, the socials at Chaz of the dead on all of them. Very one note. So check it out. That's, that's how I found him in this podcast community, man. A lot of us all kind of chat together and stuff like that. And I, you know, I, and I ran across this guy and I knew he was going to be something we'd be into talking to this evening. So I really appreciate it. I had a blast tonight. Like you've been, you've been an absolute, just joy to have on to you this evening for serious. And I, I, I can't wait till you come back again, man. I really can't. Now, of course, in true fashion of how we how things roll over here, you guys know I can't sign out without a without giving you my nightly pirate joke. So uh <clears throat> where can you find a pirate who has lost his wooden leg? Right where ye left him. Good night everybody. <laughs> <laughs>